Hey, good morning. So glad you're here with us online. If you don't live in Williamson County, I am so excited you're joining with us in this worship experience online. If you are from Williamson County, maybe you're at the Liberty Hill campus, maybe you're out in our community and you are just not ready to come back to corporate worship yet in person, I just want you to know we are praying for you. We are so glad you're a part of this moment in worship. You know, when we experience a reroute, when things don't go our way, when, when unexpected events happen, when someone mistreats you, when something happens that you, you feel like is really hurtful to you, you know, when those things happen, a flood of emotions can just surge into your heart. I'd like to say that when I have that kind of experience, when I experience a reality, I wish I could say that the emotional response to those reroutes uh, are thankfulness to the Lord, joy, and, and just excitement about what God can do. But most of the time, that's not my initial reaction. Most of the time, it's just raw emotion. I mean, I can feel certain things like anger. I can be mad. I can get frustrated. I, I, I can just feel things that don't feel real conducive for living a life of worship, the emotions just, just come. And, and, I, and I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but that's kind of where I'm at when these reroutes happen. Emotions just come into my heart and it's a challenge. I can remember back in 1998, you, you, you may have heard me tell this story before. But I want to recount it just briefly with you again. In 1998, I was mugged at gunpoint. And in that experience, I... I had this surge of fear in my heart. I was so afraid. I was angry. I had so much emotion. When it was all over, I was literally shaking with both adrenaline and just because of the surge of emotion. And then for, for months after that happened, I would have a, a resurge of fear come into my heart connected to events that weren't warranting fear. Like I'd be out in the garage at night and I'd hear a noise and man, just fear would overwhelm my heart. And I really had to struggle through the emotions that I was dealing with as a result of that unexpected event in my life. I learned an incredible lesson walking through that journey with the Lord, dealing with those emotions that I could not control. What I learned in that time is that emotions are not necessarily right or wrong. They just are. You just, you just feel them. And that they're actually something that God has given us. God has given us this emotional capacity. So that in moments like I experience that warrant fear, I feel fear. Now, after that, I would have fear surge in my heart in moments that didn't really warrant it. And I was wrestling through what all this meant. And I realized that emotions are given to me by the Lord to help me pursue Him. None of the emotions that the Lord has given me are intended to make me run away from Him. They're all given to me as a gift to help me turn towards Him. And so I learned that lesson and just three years later, something else unexpected happened in my life. In 2001, my mom passed away and I had this just rush of emotions of loss, permanent loss and sadness. But I knew at that time that these emotions that were overwhelming my heart were there to help me pursue the Lord. Maybe for you, you've experienced reroute during this COVID time. And it's created a lot of emotions in you. Maybe you've lost your job. 
Maybe you've had relationships that haven't gone the way you thought they would. Maybe you had a loss in your family. I mean, losing someone in your family during this time and walking through a funeral process, that is so hard. Maybe you've just had all these emotions coming out. And I just want to encourage you, emotions are not wrong or right. It's what we do in the midst of how we feel that makes all the difference. You know, over the years, I have found that reading the Psalms really helps me know what to do when emotions just overwhelm my heart. And I'm grateful that when emotions are just overwhelming us, the Psalms encourage us to simply cry out to the Lord. This series that we're walking through is about crying out to the Lord. Now, what I want you to do is I kind of want you to walk with me through a journey of a little bit of David's life in the Old Testament. David in the Old Testament becomes the king over Israel. And I want to start the story back with Saul. Saul was chosen by the Lord to be the first king over Israel. He he was kind of the obvious choice. He was a head taller than anybody else, and God had chosen him. He becomes king, and it doesn't take long for Saul to decide he does not want to obey the Lord. He just disobeys the Lord such that the prophet Samuel comes to Saul and says to Saul that the kingdom has been torn away from you. And then the prophet Samuel is told, you need to go to a guy's house named Jesse, and in that house you're going to find some boys there, and one of those boys, one of his sons, is going to be the next king. So the prophet Samuel makes his way to Jesse's house and calls all of Jesse's kids together, tells Jesse, I want to perform an offering to the Lord together with your family. He goes before all the boys that are brought in there. And and the Lord just doesn't indicate to Samuel that any one of those boys is the next king. And Samuel's kind of like, hey, do you have any other boys? He's like, yeah, we got our youngest. He's out in the field taking care of the sheep. That's where he's in the wilderness. Samuel's like, I'm not doing anything until he gets back. David was out keeping the sheep. He was just a shepherd. He's the youngest of eight boys. That was kind of his lot in life, and it was actually the place where he learned something about the Lord. And his heart was shaped. He trusted the Lord. He knew the Lord. On this day, however, David didn't know what the Lord was doing. Someone showed up and said, David, you've got to come back home. You've got to come back right now. He's like, what? What's going on? Well, the prophet Samuel I'm sure David's like, who? Did you say the prophet Samuel? What, the prophet in Israel? The prophet Samuel? Yes, the prophet Samuel's at your house. He's making sacrifices with your family, but he won't start until you get there. He's asking for you specifically. I can just imagine David's mind racing as fast as his heart as he begins to run back home, praying every step of the way. Lord, what in the world's going on? David shows up and Samuel walks up to him and anoints him as the next king over Israel. That is an unbelievable experience. David is anointed king and the Holy Spirit anoints him and then Samuel leaves. He he finishes all he's going to do there and he just leaves. No details, no information, no timeline for David. I mean, can you imagine what David would be feeling in that moment? For several years, David returns to just shepherding the sheep. That's what he's doing. He's just taking care of the sheep. Until one day, he's asked to take some special provisions to his brothers who were involved in a war, fighting for King Saul. So David makes his way to the battlefront to take some of these special treats to his brothers. And he sees something he can't believe. He sees this Philistine giant mocking 
the army of God, mocking God himself. And David's incensed. He's like, why is this happening? Why isn't somebody doing something about this? How can we stand by and let this Philistine mock our God? And David's like, I, I'll go fight him. This little shepherd is like, I'll go fight him. But, but David had had experiences that had convinced him that the Lord would be with him. He had fought bears and lions and won in the wilderness protecting the sheep because God had been with him. And he knew if God was with him now, he could face the giant and he could win for God's fame. That's what David did. He went out there and he, he took care of that giant with a sling and a stone. And David is propelled from this unknown shepherd boy to a national hero. Unbelievable. Anointed as the next king over Israel, although nobody hardly knew about it, but now he's become a national hero. And as David grew up, he would begin to lead battles. And he would begin to win battles and experience incredible success as the Lord is with him. And he was begin, beginning to be seen as the defender of Israel. People were singing songs about him. He was the national hero. And all his success was going before him such that Saul became very angry about David's success. He despised David. And one day Saul just snapped. And he decided, David's going to be my primary target. I'm going to pursue killing him no matter what it takes. Nothing's going to stop me from killing him. And he started going after David. And David had to flee for his life. He had to leave his home. He had to leave his family. He had to flee for his life. And he has fallen from a national hero who was anointed, spirit anointed as the next king to a national fugitive. This was a major reroute for David. He begins fleeing from Saul and Saul is using all his resources to pursue David and David's going from cave to cave hiding out trying to keep from being killed by Saul. It's an incredible reroute for David. Can you imagine what he'd be feeling? This is not what he expected the journey would be like. When Saul anointed him to be the future king and the Spirit of God fell on him and he began to experience this success, certainly he never thought it would go like this. This was a reroute. Can you imagine what he'd be feeling? Well, David, in one of those caves, while he was running for his life, he cried out to the Lord. And he cried out, Psalm 142. I hope you'll turn in your Bible and read Psalm 142 with me. This is David's cry to the Lord from one of those caves when he was running from King Saul. And he says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I plead aloud to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. I reveal my trouble to him. Although my spirit is weak within me, you know my way. Along this path I travel, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, no one stands up for me. There is no refuge for me. No one cares about me. I cry to you, Lord, and I say, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am very weak. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Free me. From prison so that I can praise your name. 
The righteous will gather around me because you deal generously with me. You know, we all have moments where we need to cry out. I I don't know if you experienced this, but on Wednesday of this week, just after midnight, I experienced a moment of needing to cry out. A hailstorm just demolished my house and my vehicles, and I'm sitting there at midnight watching these golf ball-sized hail and bigger just pound on my, my house and my cars, and I'm like, why is this happening? I'm crying out. Maybe you did the same. More seriously, back when I was in sixth grade, I remember my parents, I'll never forget the feelings. My parents came and told my sister and me that they were divorcing. I cried out in grief and anger. I cried out. I remember my freshman year in college, after I returned back to college after Christmas break, I was just overwhelmed with emotions of frustration. I did not like the way I had been living that first semester of my college. And I was ready to change. Like I wanted a different pursuit of the Lord. I, I was ready for something to be different in my life. And I cried out in regret and surrender to the Lord. And, and that, that moment of crying out became a defining moment for the decisions I would make that would lead me to become a pastor. I, I remember when I cried out to the Lord specifically when we had each of our kids. You know, each of our kids just brought this amazing sense of emotion, just overwhelming emotion. And I can remember each of our kids being born and just feeling all these feelings and crying out to the Lord in awe, crying out to the Lord with joy, crying out to the Lord with fullness. I cried out throughout 2019 because 2018 was one of the hardest years of my life. And all through 2019, I was crying out to the Lord for renewal, that he would just renew my heart. I mean, we all have moments where we need to cry out. David was in a moment where he needed to cry out, and he cried out before the Lord, and he cried out to the Lord, and he cried out his complaint. He lays his complaint out. He says, Lord, I I don't feel like anybody's with me here. I don't feel like there's any help for me. I feel like everybody's against me. I feel alone. I feel isolated. I feel like the world is against me, and there is no remedy. I mean, he cried out, and he laid out all of his emotions before the Lord. I want to tell you, when we need to cry out, and we all have moments we need to cry out, what we really need to do is cry out to the Lord. We, we need to cry out to the Lord because there is simply no one better to cry out to than the Lord. We need to pour out our hearts and we need to cry out to him because there is simply no one better to cry out to than the Lord. So when you need to cry out, when you have emotion coming out of your heart because of a reroute, cry out to the Lord because there's no one better. I want to make sure you know why the Lord is the best option for crying out. When you read through David's cry and you hear him in verse 3 say, You know 
my way. Crying out to the Lord is the best option because God knows our way. He, he knows everything we're facing. He knows all the traps that have been set. He knows all of the challenges that are before you. He knows all your circumstances. He knows everything about your way. Crying out to the Lord is best because he knows your way. He knows your heart. He he sees everything about your way, including your heart. He knows how you feel. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows exactly what you need to cry out and say. And sometimes, sometimes the reroute can be so significant emotionally that instead of crying out before the Lord and crying out to the Lord, we feel like crying out against the Lord and crying out at the Lord. And I just want to tell you, That if that's where you're at and all you can do is muster a cry against the Lord, it is far better to cry out against the Lord than to not cry out the Lord at all. In fact, I'll tell you, you you cannot get to the place where you're crying out before the Lord and crying out to the Lord if you don't first cry out against Him, if that's where you're at. If you'll cry out against Him, the Lord can take That moment, he can move you to where you can cry out before him, cry out to him. He knows your way. You can cry out before the Lord. It's the best thing you can do. It's also the best thing you can do to cry out to the Lord because of what the Lord says here through David in verse 5. He says, I crown to you, I say, you are my shelter, my portion in the land of the living. David is basically saying, crying out to the Lord is the best thing we can do because the Lord is with us. And David says God is with him by saying David's, that God is David's protection, his shelter, his provision. You know, God is with us. He not only knows your way, everything you're facing, all your circumstances. He not only knows how you feel and is ready for you to share that with you, but with him. But he is with you. And he's with you in the best possible way. He is with you as your shelter, your protection. David says, God is my protector. And I just want you to know that if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you can rest assured that if God has given his son for you. He will not spare the protection you need from your life. God is your protector. He is with you in the sense that he's your provider. He's your provision. God's going to take care of you the same way that he took care of David. David knew God is exactly who I need. He's going to give me exactly what I need when I need it. God is my provision. He is with me. He sees my way. I can trust him. God is your provision. If you trust in Jesus Christ and if God has not spared his own son for you, he will certainly provide other things, lesser things for you. God is with you. The, the reason that crying out to God is the best thing you could do is because God knows your way and God is with you. But also because the way God answers you in your cry provides the best answers you can ever Imagine. In verse 7, David says this phrase, God has dealt generously with me. God's answer to your cry is going to be generosity to you. That's how he answers the cries for him to come and pour out mercy 
and for him to come and rescue. That's what David cries out for. He says, God, I'm pleading for your mercy. Lord, I'm, I'm asking you to rescue me. And he says, God deals generously with me. And I love the idea of God's giving us mercy generously. David knew God's mercy. He had experienced it in a generous fashion. And, and here's what's amazing about the Lord. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ as followers of God, then God has demonstrated the greatest display of the generosity of His mercy through our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, it may be that God's protection and provision for you temporarily might not provide all the physical protection or the physical provision that you might think that you'd like to have in that moment. But where God's provision and protection physically temporarily falls short of what you want, you can rest assured that God's generosity will be overflowing to you and inexhaustible in providing for you eternal protection and eternal provision. God has eternity in mind. And when he pulls back any protection temporarily for you physically, it's only because he's already lavished upon you his protection under the mercy of Jesus Christ, securing you for eternity so that you might live through every reroute, fully trusting him for the generosity of his mercy to protect you and provide for you eternally. Mercy. Generous. His answer to you is also generous rescue. Just like David knew he could depend on God's rescue. Now what's interesting about David's dependence on God's rescue is that David actually allowed God to define what his deliverance would be. He, he was trusting the Lord for deliverance. In fact, in one of those times, David's in one of those caves and thousands of men are hunting him down. David's hiding out in that cave and Saul walks into the cave. And David's like, here's Saul right here. I could kill him right now and I could create my own deliverance. But David doesn't do that. Because David knows that true deliverance doesn't come by what he says is deliverance. He knows that real deliverance comes by God's hand. And so he spares Saul because he's going to touch the king that God has anointed. He trusts the Lord to deliver him in the best possible way. When you think about the generosity of God related to your deliverance, your rescue, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, he rescues you eternally. You are eternally saved so that you're rescued through your faith in Jesus Christ and you have experienced the most generous rescue in Jesus Christ. Such that you can walk through every single reroute knowing that you are safe forever. God's answers to our cry are the best answers. That's why we need to cry out to Him. When He answers our cry, He answers them in a way that we can turn around and give Him praise. I mean, look at, look at verse 7 again. Flee from, free me from this prison so that I can praise your name. He says, hey, will you take care of this situation for me so that I can turn around and praise your name? Will you answer my cry so I can praise you? David knows that all of God's answers to the cries that we give to him are answers that result in praise. Something I did this last week, I decided just to write down all of the big 
moments in my life, the big I cry out moments. I decided I would just write them down. And I just went through year after year just thinking through what are the big cry out, I cry out moments to God. And after I made that list, I just sat there and I was like, wow, God has answered my cry. And I can praise Him. I have so many reasons to praise Him. Listen, if you will cry out to the Lord, His answer will result in praising His name. Sometimes you just got to hang on long enough to see what that's going to look like. You know, the end of verse 7 is really important for understanding why it's best to cry out to the Lord because of the way he answers. Because look here, it says, The righteous will gather around me because you deal generously with me. David is saying, because you're going to answer my cry in a way that is so generous that it's going to blow people away. People want to gather around me and hear the story. And what's really cool is that today we're gathering around the story in Psalm 142 and we're listening to it and, and that story is encouraging us to cry out to the Lord. I just love that when we cry out to the Lord, the way the Lord answers us so changes our life that we'll be in a position to help people around us who are close to us, who need help because they're crying out and they need to hear the story of somebody who's experienced the generosity of God. You know, I was going through my teen years. I was mad. I was mad at my parents for divorcing. I was mad at my mom for the way she was living her life. I wanted things to be different. I was tired of the pain and the chaos. I just wanted to be different. I was complaining. Like I was complaining to everyone and anyone but the Lord. You know when things changed? When I decided to start complaining to the Lord. When I cried out to the Lord, my heart of complaint, then the Lord began to change my heart. My circumstances really didn't change that much for many, many years. But the Lord changed me. He changed my heart. And that changed everything. And I've been able to tell that story of my cry of complaint and God's rescue to a lot of people through the years who are dealing with complaining bitterness. And I've been able to just tell them, look, this is what the Lord has done and this is how gracious He's been and, and look at what He promises to do as you read through the Scripture. He can handle you crying out to Him, complaining about what you're going through because He wants to help your heart. He wants to deal generously with you. One of the greatest things in life is helping someone else out of the experience of God's generosity to your own life. Don't miss the opportunities that God has given you to make the most of crying out to the Lord. Your, your first inclination in a reroute is going to be this emotion, just raw emotion. And then your next inclination, probably just like mine, is going to be able to cry out to someone about something or about someone else. And you're just going to say what you want to say to the first person that listens. And you're just going to have that inclination, just, just like me, just like all of us do. And I just want to encourage us all to make sure we take the opportunity to cry out to the Lord. If, if we don't cry out to the Lord, we're going to find ourselves in a big mess of hurt. But if we will run to the Lord because of how we feel, we will experience in and through those emotions a journey that will be full of some of the greatest blessings this side of heaven. I want to encourage you to do something during the series. During the next month, I want you to keep a journal. Here's what I'd like you to do in the journal. I'd like you to start the journal out 
by making a list of your big I cry out moments. Just start listing them out, as many as you can think of. And just consider how God has answered those cries. Make that kind of be the platform, the foundation for going into the rest of the journal. In the next section of the journal, just make a section there of listing the people who are close to you. Because it's the people that are close to you that are often going through something that God would like for you to share one of your I cry out moments and how he answered your cry. It'll be amazing to see how God gives you an opportunity to share with somebody close to you what he's done in your life and how you could use it to change their lives. Make a journal of your reroute journey. And then every day that you can over the next month, just do a journal entry for that day. And on that day, just put in three categories. Category number one, just recount. If you're going to do it in the morning, recount the day before. What God has done. What happened during the day. And then also write down something out of God's Word that was impressed upon your heart when you read your Bible. So you're going to write down something about yesterday. You're going to write down something that you see about the Lord in the word, and then you're going to write down a response prayer. I cry out prayer in light of what I went through yesterday, in light of who you are, in light of what I'm heading into today. I'm crying out to you, and then periodically through the month, go back to some of those prayers and make additional notes how the Lord is answering those cries. Create a journal of your reroute journey. You'll be so glad you did. I just want to encourage you when you need to cry out. Cry out to the Lord. Make sure that you're moved toward the Lord through what you feel. God intends all the emotions of a reroute to be a gift to draw you to Himself. Cry out to the Lord. There is no one better to cry out to. There is no one that rescues more generously And there is no one who can so change your life that you can share a story of how God answered your cry in such a way that someone close to you just might get a little closer to Jesus. I cry out. Let's pray together. Father, I am so grateful for your faithfulness, that when we cry out, you answer our cry. That when we cry out of the emotion of a reroute, that no matter how we're crying out, you want to take us and you want to change us and you want to help us experience the generosity of your mercy and your rescue. And you want to make sure that the world sees you have dealt generously with me. Lord, would you so work in all of our lives over the next month that we would, along with David, cry out, that you have dealt generously with us. And would you use our lives as a testimony to those close to us so they would see the amazing opportunity to follow Jesus Christ with us. Thank you, Lord, for how you've rescued us in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would be a people who cry out to you because of how we feel in every reroute. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.